<laughs> Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> hmm. hey, how's it going? Good. This is the kind of opening that they're talking about when everybody's talking about how bad podcasts are. Hmm. You know? Do you, really, like, do you really think so? Ha ha ha. Two guys talking about, they don't talk about enough that I work all day. Ha, oh, ha. yeah. You know, those ones. Play guitar on the MTV. <sighs> hey, um, I, got a, I got a question for you. Okay. I, yeah. I'm go not ahead. one equal time on that, but, but. Oh, no, 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 no. You I'll go. put a pin in it. No, no, no. You go. You go. Yeah. No, you I go. Think, I, John, I think we need more of this. More? Yeah. Oh, yeah. More, oh, yeah. 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 No, I, I think we're doing the right thing here. I, I, I think if anything, we're we're keeping uh, with you uh, beginning and brushing across across the um, you know the windscreen and clearing your throat and uh, doing some other you know I, I think years from now people are going to be faking that because they want that Roderick sound <laughs> or that Roderick you know that 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 Roderick feeling. Yeah, the vibe. It's vibe. You're not going oh, to you're not going to get that on NPR, my friend. That's so validating. Thank you. You know, I hope so. Well, I know you don't you don't like a compliment. You can't accept a compliment. Mm -hmm. Of the many well, of the many things that you store in cigar boxes, I mm -hmm. don't think compliments are one of them. It's tears and rain. But but at the same time, I think it's vital. And I don't want you to get as you say over your skis about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want you to do it more. No, <laughs> no, right, right, right. No, it's all just because right stuff right like now. that. We all have a lot of we have fun here, but I gotta, I gotta make this into a thing that you know where I won't get complaints. Oh, I know. I so you're I gonna get complaints. I, I'll, I'll get complaints, but I won't see them because I don't, I don't have a way to see those. <laughs> Fortunately, no. <laughs> I'm grateful. I this really is why am. we should get a Discord. A Discord. Oh, sure. I can hang out there all day and just wait for people to be disappointed in me. Wait, isn't there one already? Do, I don't, do we I, need to get one? Again, I wouldn't know. I have no, yeah. I literally, this is not, I, this is um, a term, uh, you're probably familiar with, uh, air gapped. Uh -huh. I, I'm air gapped. Everything I own is air gapped. I've put, oh, oh, right. Yeah. I, I so you shot, don't get Stuxnet. No, can't get Stuxnet. You're not going to disrupt my nuclear facility, if you know <laughs> what I mean. I've squirted hot glue into Ooh. every port. Well, let's start over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> None of my USB. If I if I find if I find a uh, uh, if I find a, a USB dongus, yeah. you know, in the uh, at the at the Fred Meyer or something, I'm not gonna plug it. I got I can't plug it in. There's hot, literally hot glue in my ports. Hey, oh, wait, that was me. That was me. Here we go. Uh, yeah, that was me. Sorry. That's a good idea. You know, my daughter's mother slash partner, uh, yes, wh whom you love. I do. Uh, she, I do. She has now transitioned in her security uh, internet security life. To being a, a firmware security uh, person. That's that's big stuff, John. Yeah, and we talk about we're talking, it all the we're time talking about brain brainstem type stuff here. We're like, so so I say, what if I plug this US, USB in? And she goes, no. Mm -hmm. I go, what about this USB? She's like, no. Yeah, what? ask her about zero days. <laughs> zero days? Oh, okay. I mean, that sounds like a day when you wake up. Well, every day you wake up, you feel kind of sad or depressed. I mean, I mean yeah. nice. Yeah. But um, ask her about zero days. You don't want that. Okay. All right. I will. I will zero yeah, I, days. I have a, I to say I have a crush on her would be not a thing that I would say publicly, but I, no, I think she's not. a very interesting person. I've enjoyed yeah. all my interactions with her. Yeah, no, no, she's very interesting. She, she's good. She's good at all. She's good at all. She's things. she's hopelessly charismatic. Yeah. Well, no, you you, know. you probably you're probably immune to that now because of your role with the mother and the partnering. But like, she's extremely charismatic. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think she can stop it. I don't notice anybody else's charisma. It's hard. 
But I mean, oh, I if somebody, it's something you feel. If somebody compliments you on yours, where do you put that? You got a box for that? Forgive my asking. No, I'm looking across the room right now at a stack of, of cigar boxes, and I'm thinking, what's in there? And it's like uh, concert tickets, uh, backstage passes. Yep, yep, what's, yep. what's in that one? Old driver's licenses. That mm-hmm. one's got uh, love letters that are very aggressive. Then the next one is love letters that are sweet. <laughs> uh, love letters, comma. Aggressive. <laughs> There's a little one that's got that, a, How does that fall? If you can say, I don't want you to uh, risk your OPSEC here, but mm-hmm. love letters, comma, aggressive. Is that a baseline or is that a floor or a ceiling, John? Well, well what, I, what I mean is that, you know, uh, I, 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 I used to get a lot of angry letters. I remember you put them on your, in your record. Oh, yeah, that, those. And, um, but, you know, back when people wrote letters... Mm-hmm. You sit down, you think about it, you know, you put it on scented paper. Oh, I put it on scented paper. I draw on the margins. Mm-hmm. I would do doodles. I, but, I, would, I, I would I would write in the margins like it was a James Joyce novel. Oh, God, and I did so many doodles. God, it's so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that most of them probably ended up in a fire. But, but a lot of the ones that were the most like, fuck you, were actually love letters. And, right. uh, and so I kept them. You know, the a lot ones of people, that were a lot like, of people in America get confused because they think everything related to love should feel like love. A lot of stuff related to love feels like not related to love. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, so, you remember, do you remember a time in life realizing the difference between falling in love and being infatuated with someone? That was a terrible moment. Yeah, I had to change. I had to, let's just say I had to change the, the margin notes in a lot of my dictionaries. Because I realized I'd been in, there's a lot of infatuation and not enough, according to Hoyle, love. Yeah, but you know, then I worked then I worked off of that for a while and that didn't help me either. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean like uh like oh right, that was just infatuation. That wasn't love. I'm seeking love and then it's like, oh no, maybe not. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm w- what if you're not? Yeah, exactly. What if I'm not? I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to take you off your boxes. No, but no, right, but you just, keep those letters and uh well, you know what? I don't want to know. But some of them are pretty old, huh? Oh, yeah, they're old. Who was that? No, no, you know See, what? That's why I, I didn't know. want to ask because if one of them's from last week, that causes all kinds of complications. No, I do, I do know someone who writes letters and mails them to me in the mail, and they're long and they're a little bit TLDR sometimes. Um, Is this with Captain Marm? Nope, no, no, no. Captain Marm has never sent me a, a, a letter, as far as I know. It's from from a from a from a, a well, we don't say retired. It's like being a marine. Uh, from 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 a paramour. Yeah, from a lady friend. Lady friend, paramour, and, mm-hmm. and she uh, she keep she keeps up the old ways. She, oh, and she, she she keeps you up to date on how, how she how she feels now. Yes, okay. and the thing is that she also emails and texts. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while I'll go down to the mailbox and I'll open up the, the uh, mailbox and there's an envelope or an envelope. Yeah. And inside it is sometimes a multi, multi-page letter. Oh, it's like when you get, they always say, uh, when uh, you're trying to apply to colleges, you get the skinny envelope. That's probably not good news. You get the thick envelope that is, tends to be better news. But yeah. I think when it comes from the government and girlfriends, you usually want the thin envelope. I got a letter from a girlfriend the other day. I opened it and read it and said that yeah, she they was were a suckers. Sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. Well, yeah, it's hard. It depends. It depends on where she, you know where she is, right? Sometimes a long letter is just a like uh, like the letters that that my mom used to get from her grandmother, which were often very long, and it was like, well, uh, like updates on corn. Yeah, the the horse had a 
had a, a nail in its hoof, and mm. then uh, the next day it was it was cloudy, and you know the, these kind of letters. Sure, my mom my mom did this terrible thing. She threw all those letters away <sighs> fifteen years ago, and I was like, I wanted those farm report letters, and she said, Really, you didn't? And I said, They belong in the history books, and she said, Do they really, include they, eldritch they, secrets they about the family hidden amongst the corn report? I don't think so. I oh. but I had some of those slip in late in my grandmother's life. She, oh, would, really? she would slip in like real low key because she, you know, she had the Alzheimer's. Right. And one of the in, very interesting performance characteristics of Alzheimer's, and I'm not making fun, it was fucked up. But, you know, I, I, you ever read that? You, I, I, I mean, you know what? I'm going to be real for a second. Read that book, 36 Hour a Day. If you have somebody in your life with dementia, it's really helpful. Um, helps you really understand that what you're doing is not helping. Um, but when my grandmother had dementia and was going, there's one of the great frustrations of that is that you feel. Like, you know, week over week, month over month, you feel, obviously, a general decline in cognitive abilities. But then, number two, that's kind of salt and peppered with occasional moments of what feel like extreme clarity. Mm. And, yeah, which, but then third, you wonder, well, is that because the person has dementia? And, but, but like, my grandma dropped some, some truth bombs on us alongside the corn report late in life where my mom and I were kind of just left staring into the middle distance going, what happened in 1917? Whoa. It's like, cause like, and this is one of those, this is very, gosh, I'm glad I went to college. This is such a fucking William Faulkner experience where mm -hmm. you've heard this one story a certain way, right? You've heard, oh, you hear somebody else's version of that story. And then you're like, no, actually my uncle came and kind of rescued us from the house and we were raised by him. And my sister and I were separated for all these years and like implying there was maybe some kind of like something hinky going on. And Aww. you're like, wait a minute, wait, why am I hearing about this in the nineties? But that's what happens. Sometimes you get a corn report and you realize uncle Bascom's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bascom's in the corn, you discover. <laughs> oh, Uncle Now that's Bascom. on you. You you know, you figure that. You you put that in a cigar box and figure it out. I'll be dead soon. Y'all figure it out. I just had one of these. I I I, I was in Alaska this last weekend. Really? Uh, yeah, because it, we oh were having gosh. We, we were having Uncle Jack's funeral. Wait. Uh although Uncle Jack died two years ago. Oh, because oh, COVID. It was COVID times. They gave him an Alaskan funeral. So yeah. Don't look we, don't look that up on Urban Dictionary. Alaskan funeral? No. Don't, do not don't. look it up. This Alaskan funeral was at a uni... What? Un a uni Unitarian Universalist? There you go! Thank you! I, I was trying, I was trying to there. explain the acceptable Christian religions to my kid, and that one came up. Unitarian Universalist Church, yeah. which I learned has a song by my cousin, Libby Roderick, in Whoa. its... In, its, uh, in the liturgy! Hymnal. Yeah. Hymnal. Huh. Hymnal. Hymnal. Uh, anyway, so... I say hernal. Hymnal ball. Oh, you say you say Hernal? I I say mm -hmm. I don't even know. I don't Could even you stand know by for just a second, joke. please. Hi, yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> please listen closely because your life may depend on it. Roderick on the Line is an important program about civics, uniforms, eels, the Balkans, forcing teens to work in national parks, the non-existence of the year 1997, and that one time John's dad totally shot a Japanese zero out of the sky with a pistol. Roderick on the Line is not funded by the government, it is not controlled by the oligarchs, and it is not some bullshit public radio knockoff where a try-hard nerd reads a weird story about old people over a fucking trip-hop music bed. No, I don't think so. 
Jesus fucking Christ people. Just go to patreon.com slash Roderick on the line right now and help support the only voices who aren't afraid of big tech, small plates, or computer trade schools. Now more than ever, your monthly gift ensures that new thought technologies will continue to harden our youth and upset our clergy. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Roderick on the line or giveroderickyourmoney.com because America is super fucked and pump chili ain't free. And if you think Super Train will give two wet shits about the marks it leaves on your lawn, son, you are about to get schooled. Uh, anyway, so as, it was as, a, my, as my three-year-old kid used to say, that's not funny. That's not even a joke. How would your three-year-old <laughs> kid know? I don't know. Kids are stupid. And they're garbage. Really, kids are garbage. Okay, sorry. Um, Libby, who we've learned pr- pr- previously, I, I, I don't know if Libby is primarily liturgical in nature, but is, Libby does uh, kind of folk i want to say well i don't know that much about the unitarian universalist church but the, it's basically but it's basically like if you if you like in. if you if you want church to be more like a subaru ad yeah yeah well yeah. and this is alaska too lesbians so and a, dogs welcome there's a kind of uh there's a very active democratic party in alaska and it's it's uh hippie uh even even stretching out all the tendrils to all the all the old school democrats they're all hippies up there you can't help but be it uh and so it was one of those. It was a church service. It was a it was a legitimate service, but there was some acoustic guitar playing, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of speeches uh, on behalf of my uncle. I think if Uncle Jack had died uh, eight years ago, uh, uh, ten years ago, it would have been a in Anchorage at least a public event. It would have been a big a big event. You, you but, lose. It's like the World War. Well, it used to be World War One, then World War Two, and eventually Vietnam. Like you lose so many veterans every day. Yeah. And so, I mean, and was it Jack who had wanted to write it all down? Was it he Jack? did? He did write okay. it all down. All right. And uh, and the and it's all down now. And we we talked about that a lot. But you know, most of his uh, most of his cadre are gone. There was only yeah, one for sure of that group. The amazing Vic Fisher, who was ninety. Eight, I think, came to the funeral. Whoa! And he was, wins the uh, was, what's it called? The Tantan Makut. What's it called? What's the thing when you split the jackpot? Like uh, Mr. Burns, the last oh, one. Oh right, where? Yeah, there that? was there was no bottle of champagne, oh, but okay. he was Vic Fisher was a, a lion in Alaska, uh, Alaska politics, and he's he was my uncle Jack's best friend, and he got up with his <clears throat> his wife. She was ninety eight. Yeah, and his wife's younger, so she was. You know, still vivacious, and she said, "Vic, you know, doesn't want to talk because he's he doesn't want to get emotional." But sure. I'm going to talk for him. And they stood up there, and she kind of gave a, spe- a wonderful speech on his behalf. But the you know the crazy thing about that generation, of course, is that they didn't think they were going to get old. And at least in my experience, they were they're all kind of mad. They were like, "What the? How the hell did I get here?" And Vic actually said, you know, in, in through his lovely wife, um, he was like, this isn't, you know, I've watched every single person I know die. This isn't fair. And I was yeah. like, oh, I know. Uncle Jack felt the same way. But anyway, so listening, yeah, listening to all the speeches of all the different people that knew him, you get that experience of like, wait a minute, what? Like, how come I never heard that story before? Who are you even? I don't even know who you, you're the son of a guy that my dad knew and you know a story about my uncle that I'd, I never heard before. So pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, it was an eye-opening weekend. Family all came together and, and, uh, the governor, the former governor was there and gave a, gave a long speech about Jack. And That's wonderful. I'm sorry to speak in band. I just sent you an image. Is that, is that the Victor no. Fisher we're talking about? 
Like Fisher. Like yep, that's academic. him. Oh my that's goodness. Him. So this guy goes back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Holy all of them, crap. you know, they all they all But he uh, was kind of a uh, uh, a big man on uh, Alaska. Yeah, and and Barney Yotstein was the third one of the little crowd and Barney's two kids were there and you know, and the thing is everybody in this event all oh, they all knew my dad too. So after because I gave a I gave a little talk. Um everybody else had had prepared notes. And I got up and I said, look, and I, I love that everyone here has written a speech, but in the spirit of my uncle and my father, I'm going to extemporize because that's <laughs> you do the voice. I said, that's what they would have done. Yes. You, all, <coughs> you, you all know them. The two of them never had prepared notes in their lives and neither am I. And then, you know, and then I talked for 45 minutes and rambled off about the war and how I shot down a zero and. No, I didn't. I gave a concise. Yeah, you used to play basketball with those Japanese guys. Yeah, they were great basketball. You take your plane to be serviced, uh, that one place in Nevada. But afterwards, you know, as I as the as we we moved into a reception, you know, I, it was the same thing at my dad's funeral. All these middle aged guys come over and kind of, you know, and at one point it was like um, it was like Mid a middle aged as, as in pro approximately your age. People. Oh no, 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 a little older. Okay, older, okay. but mi middle aged between <laughs> between me, a young person. Oh, and, and Victor Fisher. And Rick Fisher, who's old. But it was it felt like a merch table for a minute because there was a line of guys who had stacked up that wanted to say something to me. And each one of them was one of these characters that was like, hey, your uncle and your dad really saved my life. I just wanted to tell you how grateful I am. I miss them every day. We still talk about them. And I, would, I was like, thank you, you know, thank you for coming and thank you for saying so. And then the guy would move on and the next guy would step up. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, your uncle and your dad really helped me in. And, uh, oh, that's, that's so lovely that people do that. Yeah. It? I mean, setting aside even the whole like, oh my gosh, that's such a nice story. It makes me feel good. John, it's so good for everybody to have that opportunity to exchange that particular thick envelope. Isn't it good for everybody? That must feel so good to get to say on a day that it matters. And uh, you just experience that on so many difficult levels. It's wonderful. And, you know, they, and they saw this in the newspaper that this event was going to happen. And they came, you know, they spent, they spent their Saturday coming to, to this thing. But you get, that, you get that, uh, that electric moment when you realize this is a person who knew my dad really well. Like, Saw him every when week. he was when he was your dad before he was your dad. Well, and and also when he was my dad. You mm -hmm. know, th these are guys that went to a Thursday night meeting with him. Sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> and so saw him every week, which is more than a, you know a lot of people in his family can say. And heard him speak candidly about his life, and went out to coffee with them afterwards. And the number of those people <clears throat> that are out there still. You know, want, there's you know, the people I didn't, I don't know about, I never think about, but that that he's living on in conversations that people are having. Like, remember what Dave Roderick said? Oh, yeah, you know, he really blah, 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 blah. It's all out there still. And I have, I have the, the natural, um, you know, chauvinism to say like, well, nobody knew him better than me, <laughs> but that's, that's only partly true. <clears throat> you know, they know they knew him a completely different way. That's that's why I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's why I put it that particular way because I always feel like it's so like when we think of somebody who's older, right, or somebody who's a, let's just say a senior, right? Like a lot of times there's 
things about getting older where you get you get how you are maybe you're a little bit less open to be vulnerability or you know sometimes you know what i mean like all the ways that you'd like toughen up or soften up and it's so interesting to new to know somebody who was instrumental in your life before they were in your life like when you go back and then on top of it all got to see how they changed over time and they both changed and that's why i say that's such a complicated human experience to come and tell a story like that at a friend's, at the, the, the funeral of a friend. Yeah. <laughs> the quote, right. Funeral for a friend, rather. Yeah. My mom and I did it once. <clears throat> there was a, she had a boyfriend that, that played a really large role in our little cosmology. After she got divorced, she dated this guy, Bobby. And Bobby, uh, she dated him, what, for three years, maybe? Um, during a period, and I mean, I've got half and half in the fridge that's three years old. Mm-hmm. But, that three years was the period when I was, what, four to seven or something, or five, five Some, some to years are bigger years than other years. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had a dad. I knew who my dad was. My sister, my, my, my folks got divorced when Susan was under two. Oh, God, yes. So she never knew her dad. Yeah. And Bobby was this, he was a lovely man. And he filled this role in her life, this, you know, warm and giving guy that gave Susan a lot of just, you know, he was a, he was old school. He had kind of. Having a good step parent is a little bit like a successful adoption in some ways where you're like this person, if this person's good, I've had several of these steps in my family (laughs) and several very much not, but that person wants you, that person wants to be close to you in the same way that like when you say to a kid who's adopted, well, yeah, but like we fought for you, we spent money on you. And in the case of a step, a stepfather, a stepmother, a step anybody can be so huge because they kind of parachute in from outside your world and like provide a new area and level of context for relationships that's can be deeply meaningful at times in your life. It was, and you know, my mom, <clears throat> his presence really calmed her and he was, because she's still kind of going through it. Right. Oh, and she, you know, naturally anxious and yes. a single mother in the early seventies, you know, and, and uh, in a world that, that, was not very accepting of single mothers. And so she was, you know, working, whatever, 70 hours a week. Anyway, Bobby was a guy, he was a blue collar guy. He'd kind of grown up as a street kid. Hmm. And then through having invented a turbo encabulator that fit on top of a, of a carburetor for boat motors or something, he became a very successful, ultimately a millionaire. Okay. But at the time, he was this guy, his, you know, he had like three he brothers. He hadn't that, achieved that yet when they met. No, no. Okay. But although he was a, he was just a working guy, you know, he worked hard and mm-hmm. he, he had three brothers that lived in the bilge of a boat. You know, he was just this nut, but, but such a gentle guy. And my mom said that as I was learning to read, I would sit with Bobby and Bobby was ostensibly like helping me learn to read, but mom realized he was learning to read with me. And so I he was, was like, he was f- functional minimally, but wasn't. It, it was at a time when <gasps> you didn't need to be literate to do, to be a mechanical inventor. And a, right. and a, I mean, and, and just to be clear, literacy, I mean, that can also mean like you can read signs and maybe sign your name, but like there's a, lo- a lot of people who are, like I say, not going to be picking up James Joyce. 
Well, and this was early days of Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And and we would sit together and sound out the words and we would, wow. you know. And so she just that's realized. Sto- that, uh, stories like that never don't get me. Right? I mean, Somebody it's learning to, whether it's Whether it's Game of Thrones or Hunt for the Wilder People or, or your st- stepdad, like that's step person. That, that's, yeah. that's a hell of a story. So he was a big, he was a big element, you know, at a, mm-hmm. at a crucial time. And I loved him, of course, but, you know, as I say, like, I also who knew who my dad was and loved my dad. And he was never a dad, but right. for Susan, he really was. Anyway, <clears throat> later on, he lived a, you know, he lived a full life. He became a, a successful man. And we read that he had died in the newspaper. And so my mom and I said, well, we should go to his funeral. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the funeral. Here we are. Two, <clears throat> two people show up. And it's a fairly intimate event. There are maybe 25 people there. Did, and did, it's a, did you, did you, so you, did you, I'm just curious though, did you know, so their relationship ended by the mid seventies? Yeah. 70. But like, how, how did you, without spoiling it here, did you have updates on what the rest of his life was, rest of his future lives were like? Not really. I so think, you didn't really know what you were getting into there. No, I think my mom kind of, maybe they periodically had exchanged letters. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the, the breakup was. Honestly, to hear my mom tell it, she realized many years later that she, this is such a, this is a callback to earlier in the show. She realized, well, not realized, she loved him too much and wasn't comfortable loving somebody that much and so broke up with him Yeah, because the alternative, which was to actually figure out how to be in love and to love was <laughs> impossibly daunting, right? Relative yeah. to like, Especially actually when there's other, just... when there's other shit to do and you're feeling pretty burned about how the last one ended. Oh no, no. I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think it was 100% like, how do you, how does one, how does one love? Are, oh, okay. Do you, are you infatuated or do you mm. love? And neither thing is you don't know how to do either thing. Right. Right. So, and I, and I used to do that too. Like, well, I could, I could learn to, be fully human here, but that is way harder than to just lose you forever. But so we go to this funeral and we're standing there and we're getting a legit side eye from people. And eventually, you know, a a woman comes over and she's like, hi, who are you? And it's his daughter, one of several that he had with the wife that he was married to for 35 years. And we're after, like, after, your after, yeah. yeah. And we're like, oh, we're, you know, cause he was what they, he was 35 or something at the time. Um, we're like, oh, we just knew Bobby many years ago, 35 years, 30, 39 years ago. And she's like, oh, how? And it's like, oh shit. Um, well, you know, and it, it's just, it was weird. It was, it was weird. And we got out of there. We were like, it, well, and at that out. point, putting together that you're, it's just my read of this, but like maybe your mom came up about as often in their world as he did in yours, maybe less. Like, it sounds like she was not like a known quantity from the early seventies. No, I don't think anybody, I don't think they had ever heard of him and I or heard of us yes. or my mom and that, I don't, or, and consequently that life that he had for those years. Exactly. Right. You yeah. don't, you yeah. meet somebody, your life begins with them immediately. You don't think, oh, he would have dated people that cared about him. Mm-hmm. And those people would have showed up at his funeral. Like, like what's, what's, what, what's Marlo going to do? 
when she's a fully grown woman and somebody reaches out to her and is like, I loved your dad from 10 years before you were born. It's like, she'll take, both, she'll take both those calls. <laughs> One of and, them was and, from a cop. Yeah. This I from, loved your not, dad. It's not from me. Just yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I I have a question that I need. Oh, jeez, are you done with? You're not done with that. You're not done with that. Oh, 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 are oh. you? Well, I'm just sure? I'm just looking at Victor Fisher here. He's our show art this week, just so y'all know. Yeah. Um, yeah, please ask us away. Vic Fisher still alive, still still a giant of Alaskan de democracy. Yeah, I love you his know, eyes. He has lively eyes. This is a big this is a big moment for democracy in Alaska. No okay. kidding. You know, oh. Sarah Palin is running. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for yeah, Congress. Was she for Congress or Senate? What's she running for? Do we know? Congress? To, to Senate? I, I'm so out of why, why is she? Why are we still talking about her? I know. I know. Well, and there's always the chance that she'll win and she'll be back in the spotlight. She'll be up there with with the, the other two. Yeah. Ranting and Raven. Uncle Ted looking down and smiling. Oh, my God. You know, there's a statue of, of Ted now at the, uh, the Ted Stevens International Airport. And he's sitting. How's, how's the internet there? It's a life-size bronze <laughs> of Ted, and he's wearing cowboy boots, oh, and he's got funny. a flight jacket on, and he's sitting on a bench, and he's got his hand out like, shake my hand. And it's a little temple to him. There's signs all that's around. One of, is that, well, that's one of those uh, Mayor Daly style populist sculptures it sounds like yeah yeah show what a, like what a down-to-earth character oh, this man. person was. or like you know huey long oh huey long look at him he was he was really yeah. a people person of the people oh yeah the generals used to do the can-can for old uncle mm -hmm. ted and and um and marlo he's he bring the tubes to your bridge he did yeah that's how that's how it, it all worked right yeah right yeah so she had not um she's known about Ted, because this is the other thing. Ted and my Uncle Jack were law partners. Right. And so we're having this Uncle Jack week, and then we're sitting in the airport waiting for the flight, and here's Uncle Ted on the bench. And she's reading all the signs, and she's like, well, that doesn't talk about Uncle Jack anywhere here. And I was like, yeah, well, it's not going to. Like, Uncle Jack did not figure as prominently in, in Ted Stevens's life as, say, the pipeline. But I watched her sit on the bench with Senator Ted and have a moment with him. You know, I'm sitting across and she sits down and she's looking at this lifestyle statue of, of this guy and kind of like trying to, it was a moment where this was a guy I knew. He's now been enshrined he's dead he's now the name of the airport he's been at least a... he's been at least two different memes that the youth might know <laughs> uh -huh. he's a series of tubes and he's bridge to nowhere that's right although he was not mr bridge to nowhere but that that, that oh. got, that I, got th I feel like that's him. i associate that with him i know everybody does but it but it was it was a different alaska politician he just got he, mm -hmm. he got smeared with it huh. but so he's not been dead at from you know from where i sit well ted just died a few years ago. Now I realize probably ten years ago. Well, I mean, let's do the let's do the, when did the Ted die? let's do the freshman math of just saying, well, if there's a meme about it, if he has two memes about him, it couldn't have been that long ago. Oh right, because he was even talking about the internet. It was an oh, internet wow. thing. Oh, you put Senator Ted in, and guess what comes up? Oh no, oh, it's not. It, it's not it, our good Ted. Quiddick, No, it's Ted Cruz. Oh shit. So he died in 2010. So we, it was you know what? They need to raise that jersey uh, up to the up to the rafters. No more, no more senators, Ted. There's only we're, we're one. We're done now. 
Although, you know, Senator Ted Steve or Senator Ted Kennedy, that yeah. Else to Ted, Senator Ted Stevens, he was longer. He was in there longer. But so, so but it was this weird moment of like uh, uh, she was born talking about your kid. Yeah, my daughter was statue. born after he died, right? Just just within a year after he died. Really? Okay, that is longer than I thought. Right? Yeah. And so so it's this and and Uncle Jack just died, but that was two years ago, and now we're having a funeral for him. And it really was a like, oh, this generation, particularly of Alaskans, they are going in they're they're going on a boat over the sea and and they are going there and their jerseys are being lifted up, right? These are gonna become I went through a box of my uncle's papers with my cousin this weekend, and it and we were really sorting things out like this should go in the garbage. This should go to, to into a file to give to cousin Paige. This should go to the University of Alaska, mm-hmm. and th- you know, like there, there to, to like a, to the where the papers and stuff go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he get my uncle gave his papers to the University of Alaska. He just was like my dad. We were sorting through this box and it was like. You know, electricity bill, uh, <laughs> Y'all, take this, out menu. This old, yes, yeah, of course. Oh, here's their marriage certificate. But famously, oh. I feel like you're, you've described your father as keeping what seemed to be almost everything, but having this uncanny ability to save something that a future generation would find less than garbage alongside, yeah. like, the under, and underneath that, you move down three papers, and it's, like, the most... Like important heirloom, like thrown into this box. Yeah, and and then oh, there's a copy of the Magna Carta next to this <laughs> receipt from Esso. <laughs> like, uh, like my cousin pulled out a thing, and she was like, "I didn't know he had an honorary doctorate from the University of Pennsylvania." And I was like, "Well, I didn't That's a either." Good school. Yeah, yeah, right. And who and who knows when that happened? None of us have ever heard of it. Hmm. Um, and so it was just like, "Well, what pile do you put that in?" Like. I'm not going to hang it on my wall. She's not going to hang it on gonna hers. You're going to need a bigger cigar box. Going to need a new bo- boat. And we found <laughs> a, a bunch of uh, we found a bunch of papers mm-hmm. in my grandfather's hand. Really? That I have, that I have right here, f- talking about his. How's his, his handwriting? Was it good? It's very elegant, and all of this, all, all of the Manila envelopes are have this beautiful foxing because they're from 1929. That's that's and, what people cared about Manila envelopes. It really is. <laughs> but yeah, well, so watching, you know, watching my kids sit and and touch this statue and feel like as mm-hmm. people are walking past us in the airport and it's like everybody knows Senator Ted, but like she almost knows Senator Ted, but but doesn't. And he's historic. Does he still come up? All the time. Well, yeah. we talk. I mean, when Uncle Jack was well, like, still, well, if you're driving around and stuff, I've been on your. Gosh, I've been on your waterfront tour, which I can recommend to anybody who's in the area. John's John's personal tour of uh, of of the what would you call it? The port, the Seattle waterfront. Well, you're good. Yeah. I I I, I, I bet it's hard for you to go and go to a Jack in the Box without mentioning a couple historical characters. Oh, and you know, and of course, my child, my port child. Yeah, she's only just now entering the worst ten years of her life. It, it measured in terms of her oh, father. Going, she's going to get so much. She's going to get so much data. You know this building over yeah, here. You see, all, if you look, okay, look up there. You see on the top of the gal. Gal oh, that used to work right. here with a lazy eye was no, in my no, wedding. Right. Now look over now uh, to the ne- to the left. All right, so that uh, right there, I had a hat that had a name. Uh, it's just like oh my god. This fella, this fella used to sell vests and only vests. I was the only one who would come in here. And he had a chariot safe for me. And the oh, sign was right outside. 
the, the worst, I did this to her on this trip. We're walking by David Green's Master Furriers. And I said, have you ever been into a furrier? <laughs> and she said, she said, no, what's a furrier? And I said, well, let's go into David Green's Master Furriers. And so we walk in. <laughs> to me, furrier is just an adjective for somebody who's a little more of a furry. No, this, this is. But furriers and furriers, you don't hear about, you don't hear about furs and hoofs as much as you used to. It's true. Yeah. And David Green, Master Furrier, is probably <laughs> one of the premier. I want him to be a mind reader, too. One of the premier furriers oh, is. in the world today. If you want a floor-length mink coat, you're going to find a greater selection of those at David Green Master Furrier in Anchorage than anywhere else. Just so you all know, I'm sorry, I don't like to talk to the audience. That's not a paid uh, advertisement, just so you know. No, not at all, not at all. And when I was a kid, so David Green founded it, his son Perry Green was a really good friend of my dad's. And so my dad and I would go into David Green's Master Furriers, and we would go upstairs where there was a long, long line of sewing machines and people making fur coats. And then dad and Perry would go into some back room and I, ha, 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 you know, back there. And I would be left to sit on a pile, on a pile of, a pile of furs, yeah, Pro a pile of furs, unprocessed fur, <laughs> just sitting on top of a bunch of foxes while and watching the sewing machines go. And you know, you remember it was back when nobody cared. This is like if Marcel Proust wrote for Pornhub. <laughs> and I spent so much time sitting in the top, you know, in the, uh, in the attic, basically of this furrier, just watching them put wolf coats together. And the ladies were all really nice to me. And there was a secretary that brought me, you know, warm biscuits and all this type of thing. Oh. And then they would come out and Perry would walk us through. They have a huge vault behind a giant. Cause those, vault. those places also are places where they, where you store furs. I know that from 1930s movies. Yep. 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 Or from like when Lucille Bluth wants to hide her fur coats, there were places that were like, and, and listen, I don't, I don't want, I don't want you to get a lot of email about this. I know no. we don't kill animals for fur, but you know, we didn't always have REI such as it is. There was a time when you had to have clothes made from animals. So just relax for a minute. And this is a really hard, this is that one you couldn't of those have warm, You couldn't have warm clothes that didn't come from animals. And there is still a yearly festival, which I've talked about on the show, the Fur Rendezvous in Alaska, where all the trappers come in with their furs and they sell them. And then there's a big dance and they, and they have car races. Well, that and, sounds like fun. Oh, the Fur Rendezvous is amazing. And it's Fur Rendezvous. You, and it's when, it's when they start the sled dog races. So the sled dog races start right down the middle of 4th Avenue in, in uh, downtown Anchorage. And they start during Fur Rondi. So it's a constant every day, just like dogs and sleds, just racing down the, the center of town. And the whole, the whole town goes bonkers during Fur Roundy. And David Green, Master Furriers is right there on 4th Avenue. David know? Green, Master Furriers. And this is, this is during Fur Rendezvous, you see guys who are walking around and they have a hat that's literally made out of a wolf's head. So I the bet they wolf, have fun with it. They do. They really, the trappers, they're a fun bunch. Yeah. But, you know, my sister and I had matching rabbit fur coats growing up, uh, and they were always from David Green Master Furriers. And it was it was Perry. It was Perry that was the— It's like my friend Pat, Patricia Frew, um, who was only ever called Patty Frew. Patty Frew. Nobody ever yeah. called her Patty. Nobody called her Frew. Everybody called her Patty Frew. Because why would you not? If your name is Patty Frew, everybody call you Patty, Patty Frew. David Patty Green Frew. Master Furriers, you always David say the Green. whole thing. And it and it says—and it, the logo in the in the coat says David Green Master Furriers. Mm-hmm. So we go in and my daughter's looking around and she just can't believe her eyes. 
uh, fur coats of every size and, and kind. And these days, of course, they, they dye fur. So there are purple fur coats and fur coats that are, that look like they're made of leopards and fur coats that are actually bombardier jackets and vintage furs coats, you know, a, like a coat made out of a wolf, the, where the entire, you know, their people, they, they use every part of the wolf. They used every part of the wolf. I admire that. It's astonishing to be yep. in the place. And so she's walking around and she's like, oh, wow. Cause she's fashion. And this is like know. when I would go with my, my dad was a big hunter and fisherman and was not only friends with a lot of guys who did really high end taxidermy, but you know, of course he had a lot of his stuff taxidermied, mm -hmm. uh, a concept that I really did not understand what taxidermy is until later in my life. And then it was even more confusing when you said they stuffed a fish. I thought they meant they put like styrofoam peanuts in a dead fish. I didn't realize it was an art project from the beginning, but yeah. it was, I don't know if you've ever spent a lot of time around like high end taxidermy guys. It's a hell of a scene to be around. I mean, it really, it, it's a little bit like, uh, like if Roger Corman, like had a week to make a, make a horror movie, like you would do it in there. <laughs> there's eyeballs. There's, you see how they paint the gills. There's large, large, large bears. Of course they got their stuff on display in this case. And we know furriers. We know that people like the, the David Green mess fur. people have fun with it. Yeah. So that must've been a little overwhelming for her. Well, so I, Growing up up there, everybody had taxidermy. There was taxidermy everywhere in every restaurant, in everybody's house. We had a taxidermied doll sheep head above doll, the television. Doll sheep head. Yeah, Is that a, a doll, fish? D A L L, doll sheep head. Hmm. <clears throat> um, and we I wasn't a hunter, but my mom dated a guy who was a hunter and he gave us a doll sheep that, that hung above the. And it's a large animal that you have to look at every day. I'm going to have to look that up. Is that a wild, like a ram? Yeah, like okay. a, it's got a big, and he had, he had an oh, enormous. Oh shit, this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. what a the, majestic creature. And the, and the head of this doll <sighs> sheep with his horns, it oh, was, man. it was much larger. It was as big as a chair. You know, it was a big thing to have on the wall. And my mom make a big deal um, about how bears always have big heads. This thing's got a big fucking head, not including head. the horns, which are crazy. Yeah. They're, that was, they're, they're big. Oh, and we also had moose antlers out on the, on the cache in the backyard. I mean, Alaska's all about that, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're walking around. Well, the woman that is working the counter at David Green's Master Furriers. Yes. She comes forward and sees in my daughter's eyes a, a certain look. And she goes, young lady, may I bring you a fur? And she just starts putting her in furs. One fur after another. And until, you know, until my daughter's head is spinning, like, because they all feel incredible. They're, yeah. they're incredibly beautiful, glamorous. And the, and the woman just knows exactly. They feel, they feel luxe. They do. You know what but I mean? There's also, something that feels kind of like, Ooh, you didn't have to tell me this is fancy. This is fancy. She's putting her in motorcycle jackets that are made of fur, except purple. You know, I stuff that. Not for me, but I really hope you got some photos of some of these. That's amazing. Some of it. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. And she's just like, tell me more, you know? And the woman is saying like, well, now this is this kind of, and yeah, my daughter is not a, I love to kill animals person by any means. She is super sad if she sees a, if she sees a, a pigeon limping, but if you put her in a mink coat. Yeah. She's all, not made of stone. Sudden, all of a sudden it becomes an abstraction, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're going and, and we spend, so pretty soon we've been in there an hour. And the woman's putting me in fur coats. Well, these fur coats are $6,000. Whoa. That's a, so it's a lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they're having a big sale. 
right now. I mean, there must be stuff that uh, whether or not how how hard to get, how difficult the animal is to get, how difficult it is to like process. I'm guessing because then there's certain kinds of animals where it's like you're not going to get like a bearskin rug. I don't know a lot about bearskin rugs, but it strikes me that's a contigu- contiguous bear. Yes, and you don't right. always get that with every fur, right? It's not stitched together. If you're making if you, a coat out of monkeys, you're going to need a lot of monkeys. If you buy a mink coat, those minks are farmed, but it takes a lot of minks. Also, minks are really mean. If you buy a wolf coat, mm-hmm. wolves are not farmed. Mm. That wolf had to be... That's free-range wolf. Free-range it wolf. Had, it had to be godded either by a yes. trapper using a terrible, terrible trap or a hunter using a terrible, terrible gun. Mm-hmm. Anyway... So I'm like, uh, definitely like, look, I'm not even paying 25. I know that's a great deal and it's $2,500, but I'm not going to buy her a $2,500 uh, purple <laughs> fur. Wait, was this even a consideration at this point? No, I don't know how I got here. You know, I was just hmm. like, let's go see Perry Green, who's, you know, who's 95. Oh, that's a, a pro- progeny of David, the master furrier. Uh, yeah, Perry, Perry is his son. And so, we, so, so she says, would you like to see the vault? And I said, I used to go into the vault when I was a little boy. And so she takes my daughter and she walks her back into the vault, which is even bigger than I remember. It's got, it's a No, that's rare. That's rare. That is rare. Massive. Behind this giant steel door. And then you go in and then there's another giant vault door. And there's a, a room with a thousand jackets. You know, mink coats, floor-length mink coats going down the whole well, wall. It's like temperature controlled, and it keeps out the critters that would yeah. eat them and stuff. Yeah. And it keeps out all the bandits, I guess, that are stealing $10,000 coats. It's a vault in every sense. It's a vault in every sense. Mm. And so we go down, and you know, and she's walking down the road, just touching every jacket, and the lady is just so happy. Because I realize at that point, oh, she, the woman here is no dummy. She knows I'm not buying up the $6,000 coat today. But she is putting fur coat into the language now. Yeah. And fur coat exists in my daughter's mind. Well, we come out of the vault and I'm doing the like, well, this has been amazing. And thank you so much. And then this guy comes out from the back, shakes hands. And he's, uh, he's my age. And I talk to him for a second and I'm like, wait a minute, you're not a green. And he says, David Green the third. Nice what? to meet you. Third of his name. And I was like, David Green? And he's uh, oh, like, David Green, Master Furrier. He's like, I Since am Since 1922. Green, Master Furrier. What? Thank you. <gasps> and I said, you're not Perry's son. He said, Perry's my uncle. Oh. I said, how old are you? <laughs> you and didn't. Yeah. And he said, 52. Oh. And I said, where did you go to high school? And he said, East High. I said, East High? I went to East High. And he said, what class were you? And I said, 86. And he said, my sister, Sarah Green, was in the class of 86 at East High. And I said, Sarah Green was in the class of 86? I know Sarah Green. I didn't know she was related to David Green, Master Furrier. How did, you, how did that escape your notice? No one ever told me. No one ever told. Well, I mean, and not to not to recycle a joke here, but like, if you met a Joe Kennedy, your first question might be, "Is that Chappaquiddick?" Like a name like a name like Kennedy, you know, in uh, Massachusetts. So, the, the, so, so Green almost rises to that level. In Except Anchorage. there was there was a girl a year older than me named Christy Green mm. who had who what had color, what color was her hair? Red. <laughs> Christy Green had maybe the brightest red hair of anybody I'd ever More seen. More than your girlfriend. 
But my girlfriend had auburn hair. Oh. But Christy Green had red hair, and she was beautiful. And Christy Green actually came over to my house one night with Jim McNeil, and the three of us sat there with a bottle of 10 High Whiskey and drank. And I could, I knew she wasn't there because she liked Jim McNeil because that would have been an impossibility. But I, she was a senior. I was a junior. I was like, is Christy Green here because she likes me? Does Christy Green like me? I love Christy Whenever Green. Whenever I was in a situation like that, d- despite every part of me going like, I, I deserve this, I'm worthy of a, of, a, mm-hmm. of, a, of a red-haired girl who's a year older than me being here and drinking whiskey, there's always that part of me that goes, I wonder if last minute, uh, there's a last minute change to plans and that's why they're here. Yeah, right. People right. don't cancel stuff to drink whiskey with me. And the problem is, th- at that point, then I'm like, what the fuck is Jim McNeil doing here? Hey, Jim, get out of here. But Jim's like, duh, 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 yeah. you know? Right, right, right. And so... So eventually, you know, everybody went home to their respective, because I was terrible at knowing what was happening. Sure. And then later on, <laughs> I ran into Christy Green and I was like, you know, like the, I'm talking about after high school. And I was like, Christy Green, God, good to see you. And she was like, have you, have, have you heard of, about Jesus? And I was like, oh, oh dang. no, she got oh, you. Dang, Jesus. I have that's, heard of him. That's, that's. That's that's dirty pool. It was a little dirty pool. I don't think she was. I don't think she was about Jesus that night. I think she was there to drink ten high whiskey with me and Jim McNeil was just a. Oh, maybe side, it was a test. Sidecar. It might have been a test. Yeah, it might have been. I, she never brought up Jesus during high school. Okay. Anyway, so the Greens. So now he's mm-hmm. got me. Now I'm like, wait a minute. Is this some sort of faded thing where the Greens and the Rodericks have some down the road kind of thing where the, it all comes back together because I, you know, I, I instinctively liked David Green, the younger master furrier. Well, we walk out of there. We finally got out of there. And the entire rest of the time we were in Alaska, my daughter said, when are we going back to the furrier? Oh boy. The and system said, worked. I they, said, sweetie. They got a live one. Sweetie, those jackets cost more than a Dodge Dart, which is, which is one homeowner monetary unit, which is more than I'm going to spend on a coat for you right. ever. And she was like, well, can we just go back to the furrier? I mean, I really want to talk to the lady again. I want to see. And I was like, we're not, of all the places we have to go in Anchorage, the David Greenmaster furrier is a one-time only stop. So anyway, I'm never going sp- back tell, to You Alaska. should tell her you got to keep it special. Every time I take her back to Alaska, she's going to want to go. Sure. By David Greenmaster furrier. And one day, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to talk me into a fur jacket. It's a lot of money. More money than I'm going to spend on a jacket unless... I hit the numbers. But it's also, it's so smart in that, in the event of like what they're doing there is so smart because without respect to what the garment of clothing is and what it's made of, they know how to, they know how to like provide like a high touch memorable experience. Yeah. And I think maybe. That that would have been true for like if that had been saddle shoes or African spears or like whatever it was, you could very easily have, you know, no matter what you might've heard like when we're going back to the saddle shoe store. Right. Well, I think Perry might have been laying the ground for that back in 1977 when he was like, why don't you go play in the vault? Huh. Because I've been saying David Green Master Furrier ever since that day. Of course. And now I feel like maybe buying my daughter a purple fur motorcycle jacket is some kind of family legacy. Interesting. So I don't, I don't, I have no idea. There's no room in my should we, life should right maybe now go for fund a fur me? coat. Go, go fund me this? I bet people would be super so. into it. I don't know. Buy There's John's be, daughter a costly fur. People are going to throw mashed potatoes on it, and they're going to say, "You know about climate change, right?" Oh, I see. Must they're be gonna, nice. They're going to put, yeah, they're going to put mashed potatoes on her motorcycle jacket. Actually, I was wearing a Pendleton jacket, and the 
And the woman at one point came over and said, you know, I could put a shearling collar on this. Oh, and I was like, man, ABC, <laughs> always be closing. That would be killer. That would, that be, would be That would be a pretty good, a shearling collar. So like like the kind of thing that um, you'd see Robert uh, mustachioed uh, Robert Redford wearing in a production still from Jeremiah Johnson. Yes, precisement. Mm-hmm. Precisement. So you can get a Levi's jacket with shearling, but I got a feeling the shearling you get from this place is not going to be like the shearling you get from any uh, off-the-rack garment. No. At one point, she walked over and, and was holding a jacket for me, and I was like, I don't know. And she was like, put it on. And it was a gray It was a, It was was gray sheep leather, and I was like, that's kind of not my thing. And she said, put it on. And I put it on, and it was a shearling jacket with the shearling inside. Oh, the that out- sounds cozy. The, the outside was gray, and it was designed around a 30s German, like, motorcycle post office delivery jacket. That's a lot to process, John. And I put it on and I was like, I immediately felt like Baron von Richthofen. Is it is it single-breasted? It was single-breasted. Sounds kind of like the Rocketeer. Sounds kind of like a kind of jacket I've heard referred to as a jerkin. You are not wrong about the Rocketeer reference. And I was like, this is a jacket I would not have pulled off the rack. I would not have looked at it. Seems twice. like it'd be pretty form-fitting and short. It was form-fitting, but it was pocket length. Okay. And she put it on me, and I'm looking at it then, and I'm like, oh, my God. She's got my number. Yeah. She's got my number. She was like, it's based on an old German pattern. And I was like, oh, I can tell it is. And then, you know, and then I looked down, and I was (laughs) like. Madam, I'll thank you not to speak down to me. (laughs) I was like, oh, only $3,000. Well, boy. I don't know. It does have that amazing David Green Master Furrier's logo. Yep. Well, I, I really, I really have this question I need to ask you. Oh gosh, of course, yeah. I, I when I got home, there was a there was a little package in the mailbox, and it was one of those little padded envelopes that's just about the size of a paperback book. You know, just a yeah, little yeah, well, with a bubble wrap kind of bubble thing. wrap on the Ooh. inside, and uh, and the return the return address had been ripped off so i couldn't tell who it was from okay i hadn't ordered anything i wasn't expecting anything from anywhere so i i bring it in the house i open it up and there's like a lightsaber handle in it that's the size of a small lightsaber it looks like a lightsaber Hmm. um it's it's made out of machined uh stainless steel how much could you tell about the kyber crystals? I, well, that was my first thought. Yeah, right? I figured, yeah. And uh, and then there was a very cheap-looking, made-in-China battery charger okay. and a single battery, a rechargeable battery. <laughs> well, so return, I, that's a return address being torn off is still dogging me. Right. So I, I, I put the battery in it. The battery has no charge. So I naturally... Although, if this was Ukraine, maybe I wouldn't do this. But, you know, I feel like, what's the worst that can happen? I plug it into the wall. I don't feel like this is a firmware issue yet, because plugging the battery charger into oh, the wall. Oh, you want to make sure there's not a zero-day on lightsaber. Yeah, is this, like, going to blow up? Which is, which is one seem- of my favorite Godspeed you Black Emperor records. So I put it in. It charges overnight. I woke up this morning. The battery was charged. I put it into the lightsaber. Okay. 
No, I've but I've searched the lightsaber, right? There's no logo on it. There's no identifying marks of any kind. I've looked inside and out. Does it appear that it could be from the future or the past? Let me put it differently. Does it appear that it could be from the future? There, there is a sticker on it that says "danger." Is it a professional, professionally printed sticker? Yeah, it says avoid. So it wasn't like a scroll. Not a scroll. Okay. It says avoid. And all this stuff matters, John. I mean, when you're trying to put this together, you've got you've got a lot of mysterious pieces to fit together here, and every detail tells. Okay. Every detail tells. Yes. So danger. it says danger. Avoid exposure. Laser. Light is emitted from this aperture. Laser radiation. Um, output power, two, mm -hmm. output power, uh, two. Just, just, just remember their, their English is better than your Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. Wavelength. That's what I always tell myself. <laughs> three, five, three, two nanometers. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That sounds about right. Class 11 B laser product. Anyway. So I, so I know that it is a laser of some kind. Well, I put the, I put the battery in it. See, and a lot a of lo people, I'm sorry, John, but a lot of people would assume that's a laser pointer. It seems to me that just because it's laser doesn't make a pointer. Thank you. I, and I feel the same way because you don't you want don't to accidentally to do some kind of like, Oh, like a, kind of like a Cyclops thing where it fires off a mirror and now your house has been sliced in half. That's not what I want. You don't want that. And I You're feel like a payments. laser pointer is built to look like a pencil so that you can, when you're doing your PowerPoint, as you're reading the slide that you just put up, mm -hmm. as you're reading it into a microphone, you can actually use the laser pointer to bounce from word to word. So everybody sitting in the meeting who could have read right. that slide in one and a half seconds knows that you're really going word to word. That's uh, the, the best use case for a laser pointer. Mm -hmm. But so I put it in and I click the button and out of the top, I'm pointing it at the ceiling, right? Out of the top comes a green laser light, but it is refracted through a prism so that on the ceiling it creates a uh, like a matrix of little refracted lights and then the tip i can rotate and it will the prisms change so that the little refracted lasers spin right. around and create Th this sounds a, like something for a cat it's so much something for a cat, except it never reduces down to a single point. It's always because I'm trying to think of where who points. who looks good with uh, with a lightsaber uh, laser pointer, and I'm going to say maybe one person, Vic Fisher. It'd be fun right. if if Vic Fisher pulled that out because he's 98. Right. But almost everybody else, like if you're doing a TEDx talk, um, it's not going to help a, a ton. It's and it's also just kind of one joke. Well, it's it's but a cat. If it was a cat TEDx talk. What's nuts about it is that it's laser. So the lights are really strong. So then I pointed it down the hall. And, you know, my house has one long hall and it's long. Shotgun shack. Yeah. It's a shotgun shack. And I pointed it down the hall. Well, the light is just as bright all the way down the hall as it is right in front of you. And so it created, it turned the entire hall into a very disorienting, like, light show that kind yeah. of felt like a like a like a early 
Because I associate, like, almost equals equals. I associate light shows, or in some, there's a point in my life, if I'm being honest, where lasers were synonymous with Pink Floyd. Yes, right. Um, and what was that one? What was the one? Was it, a, was it the Who? Laser music video is what I'm going to put in here. Oh, 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 you're talking about a video with lasers in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one where, oh, um, 1999 by Prince. I think nope. had lasers. Nope. Before that, I think. Okay. Um, um, let's see. So there's one where like, but I remember one where like, uh, or maybe a Bowie video, but I remember one where like a, like, how do you describe this? Like a layer of lasers, like a line of lasers yes. making a plane yes. comes down. Yes. And I'm thinking, was it, it wasn't the band Triumph, was it? Was it? it had to be somebody that could afford to make a video with Feels lasers. like but, 1999, but. Okay, there, there's that or, one, but I think or there's one from the 80s. Klaus Nomi? Okay, all right. There's one from the 80s, the first time I ever saw it. Anyway. I don't know what that effect is called, but it's it's pretty incredible. I didn't even need, I didn't even need a fog machine in the house, and my fog machine's, you know, offline, because I was out of town. Right, well, a lot of people, it causes, you know, um, breathe, breathing problems. Breathing but, problems. So you, you basically turned your shotgun shack into, into a little, little planetarium. It was super. I mean, I that's, I that's, turned it on. Isn't it nice to know you've got that? They'll get a little me time. I was listening well, to King Crimson this morning. I could see myself dropping the needle on a King Crimson record and just and just rocking out with my hand laser. What was nuts is as I walked down the hall, um, you know, my mother said, ah! "No." As I walked mm -hmm. on down the hall, because you just my, blinded your your aging mother <laughs> with my with my light she going in front of me, me with lasers. It was disorienting. It it turned the hall into it messed with your perception? a space station. It uh -huh. absolutely did. Okay. So All now right. I'm, now it's like I've got a VR headset on and I'm floating through some green uh, matrix universe. Oh, I bet that's so much more fun than VR. Well, so well, what, what isn't? Mm -hmm. But but um, yeah. The 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 Oculus made me put, get a Meta account the other day, and I was like, I'd, I'll throw this thing into a fireplace before I get a Meta account. Yeah, I've heard about this. My friend Alex is very into uh, ARVR and is very frustrated with the Facebook angle. Also, yeah. also shareholders are kind of mad about how much money they're spending on that, I heard. Yeah, they all the just poor give them laser, Give them laser pointers. Well, here's my question to you. Yes, yes. Where did this freaking thing come from? Who is sending me laser, uh, like, matrix? John, John, I'm like, John, I'm like a dog with a bone. I keep coming back to the, the uh, I don't know if you're, I, I can't tell if this was OPSEC or you're just fucking with me, but why would something that arrived at your house in the USPS not have, have why would it have had a return label and then had it removed unless they were reusing an envelope? Does this feel aftermarket? Do you think this was a personal gift or was this ordered from one of those made up names on Amazon? I, I think that this, I don't know. The whole way the package looked, it looked like something that someone sent from China with a message that said, please help me escape this prison. Okay, camp. Nigerian Prince. I'll bet, I'll, I've heard there's all kinds of interesting new emerging Amazon scams that I've been learning about lately. Um, that could definitely be one of them. May I ask, if you can say, if you're comfortable saying legally and in terms of operational security, to whom was it addressed and how? It was, was it, ad go ahead. addressed to me at my home address. John M. Roderick. Is, is that the name? Who's the name to? Well, no, because the, the, this is, I, I don't think this is revealing OPSEC problems, okay. but my mom doesn't want things mailed to her own condo. 
So when she orders things online, she has them sent to my house. So this under would not, the name. So you've wait, got wait, wait, that, under the name John Morgan Roderick. Those, if if it has uh-huh. my middle name Morgan, that means it belongs to my mom, and I don't need to. It's like about the way you use dots in a Gmail address, right? So this, um, well, no, you're it. gonna have to explain that to me. Well, like, no, 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 I'm saying, like, for example, okay, let me give you an example. Um, when I got my first Macintosh in 1988, um, long story short, uh, I was making a database, and I realized the database um, would be really good for this project I've been wanting to do, which was to send away to, um, this is in the days, like, it may have been around the time of research, but imagine it preceding research, but like where we first learned about the Metzgers and all the nuts in America, and I learned about, it might have been research, learned about chick publications in detail, and I started sending off to all of these different wackadoo places to see what they'd send me for free. Okay. And what I did was, and I, in retrospect, this feels a little clever, the database that I kept was not simply the name of, like, writing to, is Terry Metzger a pro wrestler or a racist? That's a racist, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean, the Northwest guys? Oh, the Metzgers, yeah, the, the, they were uh, white supremacists. Yeah, okay, good. Um, and so I would have the address of the person to whom I'd sent it, but then also I had a field, because it was a database, John, and the field was the name that I used for who it would be sent to. Uh, and yeah. I, I think I might have invented this in 1988, because then what does that do? On the one hand, I can see where this came from. And on the other hand, I could see if my information was being reused for something else, yes. because it would be to a different name. So, yes. like, for example, I'll, I'll give people love the tips and tricks on here. Let's say your name is Thorstenson Finn Lanson. I used to get stuff from Thorn, Thorstenson. Well, I shouldn't even have said that for OPSEC reasons, because that is one of my fake names. I'll probably cut that out. Okay. Let's say you want to get information in your Gmail address is josephkennedy at gmail.com. Some people will know that you can, when you write to somebody, you can say from Joseph Kennedy plus Metzger at gmail.com. And it will still, you can still send and receive email at that address. It's just now, like when you sign up for something, it seems more like it might be bogus. You'll know if it came from that address. The plus, you can say, I could plus say. Plus is totally legit. And you can also, the periods mean nothing. You can put periods anywhere. So if you wanted to say, you, like your particular Gmail address and move the period between the C and the K, I'm pretty sure that works too. Really? And, so, it will, and then when they sell it to the Democratic Party and you keep getting messages Nancy from Al Pelosi Franken. says, can I please have $15? <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm doing a survey. Um, but that's what I did in 1988, and I invented that. So that's all I really want to be remembered for is one thing, and, and that's probably it. But what I'm saying to you here is, uh, and, and I obviously, just to step outside the bit, I can't really tell exactly what this bit is about or what actually happened, but I'm going to continue yeah. to play please. with you in the space. Your please. mom is smart like that. She's used the tip that I invented uh, in the in the 80s, and yes. she wants to keep her uh, operations secure. Yes. So now you're, yes. you're a P.O. box and son. But this was just to John Roderick, not to All right. John Did, Morgan. Oh, Roderick. yeah, Baba. Yep, also, up, up, up. I should... I should now mention that I have started moving the laser thing around in circles. It's been on this entire time that I've been talking. I'm moving it around. Okay, that explains it, a lot. It is now working as a kind of spirograph, but like a like a million point spirograph. I, I don't I don't hate any of this. So it's like I think I'm, I would really enjoy. It. I would, if I'm being honest, I would watch a lot less Hitler stuff at night if I had a laser pointer. If you shake it really fast side to side, it looks like an oscillograph. Except really? A billion of them. It's like scribbling, and then I'm. I'm oh, like when the up. hammers are walking in the wall, like <laughs> <laughs> real, real immersive. Well, I'm, I'm, 
I'm looking at the I'm looking at a lamp across the room. Okay. As I spin, the lamp looks like an Eddie Van Halen guitar because it's only picking. Is there, up. Is there a chance that you took mushrooms? No, that, but that's it, out of the out of the. You enjoy it, mushrooms. I was on mushrooms right now. This would be the greatest, except you have to remember not to look at it because it's a laser. You can't yeah. look, can't look at it, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm always amazed when I see those out in the wild, and I'm like, I can't believe you're just allowed to walk around with one of those. You can point them at an airplane. Can you it's imagine? Like, it's like giving children a gamja bar. Like, are you yeah. sure that's a good idea for them to have? How many people, that seems like a thing to Google, how many people a year lose their sights to gamja like, bars? Che- like cheap lasers that they bought at a drugstore? Well, and you shoot them up at the, I'm not recommending this, I'm saying quite the opposite. Please don't do this. People point them up at pilots because they're mischievous. Well, and then they get a knock on the door, right? Because they usually sure. figure out how where it came from. Okay, oh, somehow. Cause, yeah, well, because yeah. you know they go back, they go down the laser. So it's not that you're not enjoying the lightsaber. I mean, you didn't make it yourself with your own kyber crystals, which I think is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I don't. But know But you know, the it. guy, the 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 robot with asthma, he's got like four lightsabers, and he doesn't seem like the sharpest tool in the drawer. <laughs> Who sent me this? Who has a heart just thing? hanging there like that? so weird what where who who knows my address it's and would anonymously send me a lightsaber that was also an eddie van halen spirograph generator it's a cool thing who would do that and what does it mean and by that i mean and this is why kind of why i asked whether it's from the future i I corrected myself because obviously saying something's from the past is ridiculous everything's from the past thank you Right, it's like Criswell says, you know, the future in which we will all spend the rest of our lives. But if it's from the future, or like maybe somebody's part of your mission, it could be, right? <laughs> oh, interesting. Like who knows? Okay, you think about and uh, forgive me, um, but you've got the head, you know, of, of the spear where the light's going to go through it and point. You know what I mean? Down in yeah, the yeah, snake right. pit. You know, right. like well, it could be something where like you're going to turn that on, and then. Um, and, uh, oh, wait a minute. You also had, wait a minute. You also had an opportunity to try on a German jacket this week. I did. It's kind of interesting. It sounds like you might be on your way to some kind of Indiana Jones adventure is what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm curious about is it's green. Right. And it feels a little bit like green that is. is when I know this. Green like is. basic oh, Obi- Obi-Wan's green? Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan is green. Obi-Wan. Wait, Obi-Wan. Isn't, isn't Luke, isn't Luke <laughs> I thought green? Luke was blue. Oh, maybe Luke, did Luke get. Obi Wan's lightsaber. He got his at, fa- well, he got he a, got his father's lightsaber. Oh, right. You know, it's a it's a more dignified weapon from a simpler time. I'm literally doing all of this just to make John Syracuse lose his mind. But what what happens when Luke get his hand cut off and the yes. late lightsaber falls down to the bottom of the waste paper basket and then flies oh, out into Cloud City? Right, 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 right. Where does what? It, what, like, well, it's like Michael Stipe said, right? <laughs> is there when you throw a lightsaber away where is away well thank you yeah right if there's somebody on the, the so are there villages on the ground in cloud city in i cloud, don't cloud i don't th- i don't think planet? so that would be a hat on a hat i think to have a city with villages in it now you got endor endor i think we're talking about villages yubnub yeah. yubnub yeah yubnub uh-huh. But what happens on the ground in Cloud City, like down under the clouds? I bet it's like I bet it's like an like a night, yes, an amusement park ride, but even more so like a carnival ride, where they stick you in one of those things and you fly around. There's centrifugal force and all that stuff, and then like your eyeglasses go flying away. At the end of the day, like somebody gets to really go go collect some goodies, right? All the stuff that's fallen off people who are there having fun. I imagine at the bottom of the clown of the clown city, the clown city trash can, there's probably a lot of stuff that's fallen down. 
you know? I mean, if Darth Vader hadn't had his harmonica uh, connected uh, to his face, that might have fallen off. But luckily he had it right there. He's more, uh, he's more machine than Sir Cusin now. I don't know, man. And then the question becomes, John, is this just the first? And by that I mean, obviously, well, will there be more things sent to you? But is it possible there are other previous things that have already been sent to you, and only now are you beginning to discern a pattern? These are clues, John, is what I'm saying. I have no idea how long ago I lost John. Hmm.